All episodes of the Garage Build Podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. The Law Offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The Law Offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garage Built Podcast, brought to you by the High Seas Rally. The High Seas Rally will set sail next November from Tampa, Florida. The High Seas Rally is the only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship. Join me and all my friends as we sail the High Seas for a seven-day cruise. Make sure you're following at High Seas Rally on Instagram to find out all of the latest information to book your cruise. We're brought to you by SNS Cycles. Since 1958, SNS has led the V-Twin aftermarket. From innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin to big bore kits for all big twins, sportsers, M8s to today's must-have exhaust components. Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade. Visit sscycle.com and follow SNS Cycles on social media at SS Cycle. 1620 Workwear is premium made in the USA workwear. Guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com. Use our discount code SPEED2022 and you're going to save 20% at checkout. That is the biggest discount that 1620 offers. And follow at 1620USA on Instagram. Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee is located only minutes from the tail of the dragon. And they specialize in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales, service, maintenance, and repair. Visit TeamDreamRides.com and follow at Dream Rides Tennessee on Instagram to keep up with all the latest news. I got an awesome interview this time around. Back in the first season that we did this, episode number six, I think it was, we had the Irish Rich from Shamrock Fabrication is an enigmatic, just an absolute legend in this industry. And we recorded the very first podcast that he and I did. I had technical difficulties and somehow I lost the whole thing. And then last night we sat down 10 years later and the same damn thing happened again. I don't know what happened. My uh, my podcast deck crashed. So he was kind enough. We stayed on the phone for another hour and a half or so. And I am glad to bring you Mr. Irish Rich from Shamrock Fabrication. He just made a move here in the last year or two to, to Sturgis. So I give you Irish Rich from Shamrock Fabrication. You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. Yeah, I think I got it figured out. I had to reboot the whole system, but I can't. The file says it's corrupted, so I guess we're just have to fucking. <laughs> Maybe it's you. Maybe you're jinxed. No. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I we, can't believe this. What are the what are the chances of having this happen twice in uh, ten years? Yeah, I, well, ten years apart from each other. That's the other yeah, freaking yeah. weird part. But uh, especially after, I mean, an innumerable amount of, um, I have made an incredible investment in in uh, 
in technology. So, I mean, I have a legit studio at the shop that has, I mean, a big board and the whole deal. So, uh, I think, I think the lesson here is, is, um, that sometimes shit happens. You know, I, I know it happens to Chris Callen, uh, every once in a while I, in, you know, I guess it's just, it's my turn. So, uh, but, um, Anyway, so we were talking about your move to Sturgis and, and the fact that, you know, you you knew somewhere in Denver where you could go get DOM tubing and you knew somewhere where you could get this and where you could get that and all these other pieces and parts. And when you move to a new location, you you got to figure all that stuff out. I, I did. And, uh, you know, it, it's been almost a year-long process to, to find uh, the materials that I need and who has it and... Uh, you know, where to go for this and where to go for that, you know, and I, like I say, I was kind of spoiled, you know, because uh, the main thing up here is, and the reason, like, um, there's a scarcity of DOM tubing, but as a couple of the yards have told me, uh, there isn't the uh, heavier industries that they had, like, in Denver, fabrication and stuff like that. So right. there isn't a lot of material that's normally stocked by these places up here because they don't have the industry to, to support it. Sure. And you know, I don't know, what is the, what is the cottage industry up there? I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some, there's some oil stuff, there's some ranching stuff, there's some tourism stuff. What is, is there, is there a staple in, in the Black Hills or in, in South Dakota in particular that is, you know, like Detroit is known for the auto industry. Florida is known for tourism. Texas is known for oil. I, you know, I would, there's, um, a lot of ranching up here mm-hmm. and there's uh, farming and there's uh, timber and, uh, the main source for the black Hills, I'm talking about the black Hills, uh, the, the Western part of the state, uh, because it borders, you know, Wyoming, Wyoming. and it's close to Montana and, uh, and, uh, whatnot. It, it's tourism. Okay, because you've got all the the places like Wonderland Caves and you've got Mount Rushmore and you've got Crazy Horse and you've got Hill City and you've got, you know, Devil's Tower that's just over the Wyoming border. And uh, people come through here all the time. I mean, during the summer, uh, there's a lot of uh, RVs and fifth wheels and whatnot. And there's a lot of campgrounds here. So a lot of people come through the Black Hills area, they go, well, we'll go through the Black Hills, we'll see Mount Rushmore, and then we'll go to Yellowstone, you know, because they're so close. So I, I would have to say that actually tourism probably brings in the most money. When when you, so during, especially during um, the last few years when we had all that crazy stuff going on, I felt there was a, a pretty significant part of me that thought as I, you know, because I went to Sturgis in 20, uh, I went in 21, I went in 22. I took, uh, I did 19, 20, 21, 22. So I did four years, uh, a four year stint. I did 16, 17, took 18 off. Um, okay. So uh, there's a part of me that, that feels when things are going kind of crazy as they are, that I'm like, God bless the middle of the country. Do you, do you, do you feel that? Well, I do, you know, and we have, um, you know, governor Christy Nome, who's a, who's a kick-ass governor, you know, and she, uh, 
she and the federal government don't get along. Do you know what I mean? They don't see eye to eye. And when right. everybody was like Colorado, I mean, it was like during COVID, it was like almost totally shut down. You know, and people were losing their businesses and that, especially like the bar and food industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, she didn't mandate masks. She didn't mandate uh, vaccines uh, and that. And she left it up to the individuals, you know, and that's what I've got to appreciate about this area is that, you know, they, uh, they didn't knuckle under, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, as a consequence, uh, South Dakota actually thrived, you know, I mean, they didn't do as well as they might do, but I mean, they did a hell of a lot better than, than a lot of other places in this country did, you know, I mean, you know, you couldn't even get into Yellowstone. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you can still go to Route Rushmore. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I think I think South Dakota fared a lot better economically than uh, than the rest of the country did. And and maybe Florida did well, too. I'm not sure. Yeah, we had it. We had a really good governor down. We still do. We still have him. I'm 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 hoping that he doesn't that he doesn't take the bait and 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 go to go to try to go to D.C. But um I want to I want to talk about something that, you know, we all watched it happen on social media and you were a big part of it. And you have somebody that's worked with you off and on that we've talked about several times, part timer Steve, and, and he's not working with you right now, obviously, because, of the, you know, he's still in the Denver area. And you talked about the fact that, you know, um, there is some some talk of maybe him coming up that way. And um, but you guys, you you built a bike together um and uh, it, it did really, really well. It, it made the rounds, you know, did well in Borfrain. Talk a little bit about, about that. When, when, and here's why. You know, it, it's, it's got your DNA all over it. It's not your bike, but you have your right-hand man. I mean, it, it, it's definitely a feather in the cap for Shamrock Fabrication. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, Steve and I, uh, you know, initially, you know, I mean, when I would have people say, Hey, you know, can I come sweep up? Can I come in on the weekends? You know, can I have your children? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I would, uh, but I don't know. Steve sent me that, uh, email that one time I said, we'll stop by. And they're you know, like, from the first day, we like hit it off like tremendously. And, uh, Steve was, uh, his skills were good, but they, they needed improvement, but mm-hmm. he, he, I don't know how to put it. He like soaked everything up like a sponge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, we worked well together and we put thousands and thousands of miles together on the road, you know, either going to events or riding out to the West coast or whatever, you know, we spent, uh, a lot of time together. We were, we were really simpatico. I miss him a lot. I mean, I, I really do because, you know, uh, it's kind of like being married for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you go to do something and the other person automatically knows what to do, you know, and, uh, in a related, uh, you know, Steve won the, uh, Bill Wells people's champ. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to please bear with me here because I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, when was that? 20? Yeah, it was 20. it was it was twenty or twenty one. Um, you know, there was a there was a good class of, of builders that he was oh, that he, he was up against. I mean, guys like like 
fish at alleyway and um you know there was there was lots of lots of people out there and, and that 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 show holds such a you know i've been publicly critical of it for for my own reasons and you know i think there is an, and i've said this on the podcast before i think there is definitely some west coast elitism that happens in our industry and and that's just part of it uh it's no kind of, you know, I, no. <laughs> I, and so I think that there's, there's, you know, I think it's really tough to come from this side of the country and, and show up there with a bike that plays to that crowd. And, and I'm, I'm actually pretty happy to see that they, that they're in Texas now too. So the born free thing, I think has the potential to fill the void that the old easy rider shows left vacant. Well, and what I what I wanted to stress on this too, you know, is that uh, once Steve, he the year before he wanted to be, I I don't even know if he made the uh, the first the cut. first group of builders, right? But um, I encouraged him to do it the next year. You know what I mean? And um, Bill from Billwell. Uh, like the same week that I was pushing him, called him and said, "Hey, why don't you put the the bike in? Do you know what I mean? Put the project in, and, and we'll we'll try it again." And uh, you know, he made the uh, the first group, and then he made the uh, lucky thirteen, and then he made the final six, and he won. And he was adamant about this. He was going, "I don't want your help." He's going, "Don't help me. Don't tell me what to do." just let me go, you know? Right. And I said, fine. And I did help him with some of the, uh, with the frame modifications. Okay. Uh, otherwise it was like totally Steve, you know? And, uh, I think that came, I think that came across. I, I, I don't, I don't think that anybody, you know, I've, I've heard, um, I heard lots of stuff when that was going on, you know, I don't, I don't follow that the arc of that show very very hard i mean to be fair uh rich that's not the group of bikes that i pay the most attention to and and not for any other reason other than i just pay attention to the the ones that that i that i gravitate towards right so um but i don't think anybody i i think everybody knows that 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 man put a lot of work into that bike and that was a that was a, a real passion piece for him you know whether people liked the bike or didn't like the bike it was a nice bike and and he did a good job and obviously a lot of people liked it because he won yeah because i want to say that it was like steve's doctorate do you know what i mm -hmm. mean and 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 that's exactly what it was you know it was i was like really proud of the guy you know because we almost got into fistfights. I'm going here, Steve. He said, let me do it. No, no, no. You know what I mean? And he'd be pushing me away and stuff, you know, it stabbed me with the tungsten and, uh, <laughs> but, but he did it. He did an awesome job on that. And I was like really proud of him. You know, Kurt Taylor, uh, told me, he says, man, he says, you're like a proud papa, you know, that your kid just graduated from college, you know? Yeah. And I said, Oh, I was just stoked, you know, and, uh, to see someone who, you know, I, I gave a lot of knowledge to, and I gave him the opportunity to excel and he took it, you know, he did it. Yeah. So. He, he, he took you up on that. I want to talk about, I want to talk about a couple of the bikes that you're, you, you've had two really high profile 
bikes that 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 are your personal bikes. The first of first of which being White Heat, and then the second being the Chrome Nun. And we talked, you know, the Chrome Nun wasn't wasn't on the table when we podcasted last. And when we saw each other, that was the year that you unveiled it and won everything. And and you know, you walked up, you gave me a giant hug, and and we went and looked at your bike, and you were you were extremely extremely happy with um the outcome of that bike and and so that's a special frame well it is and uh i think now i'm gonna have to go back because i think jesse built me that frame i want to say oh six 2002 i think Mm. something like 2003 wow and I saved that frame for like eight years before I built something out of it. And uh, it is a unique frame because like from the seat post back, it's a CFL. And then from the seat post forward, it's, it's practically an El Diablo. You right. know what I mean? So as far as I know, there's only been uh, two other frames that are like that, uh, that came out of West Coast, you know, and I wouldn't. You know, Jesse hemmed in hot. I mean, I'd say, Jesse, you're going to build me that frame. You can build me that frame. Because I saw when he was going through, like, all his CFLs and stuff like that, he tried that same uh, configuration, and he had a panhead motor. Yeah. It. it was upstairs at the old the old place. You yep, know, it was I remember the bike. And, uh, you know, he's going, well, yeah, maybe I'll build it for you. Maybe that, you know, and he hemmed and hawed. And then finally Mark Nelson and Chopper Dave went in and said, look, are we going to build Rich's frame or not? And he said, well, I don't know. And Mark Nelson said, well, you know, if you don't build him this frame, he's going to order a frame and he's going to build it, you know, to that configuration. And Jesse said, well, all right, go ahead. And at the time I could have had, when they had the jig set up, I could have had as many frames as I wanted to in that configuration but yeah. i said no i'll just take the one i'll order one maybe later or something you know and then everything moved to austin you know so so i lost that opportunity the chrome nun though that that bike is if you look at the the arc of things that you did you know you were definitely an outlier you did a lot of things with uh with white heat that were were very innovative very very new um you know, and, and you got, you definitely got put on the map from that, but I'm not saying that's the only thing that put you on the map, but I'm saying that there was a fair amount of, of adulation around, around that bike, just based on the fact of the, the, the timing that you brought it out and the fact that it, it was a West coast chopper that had that DNA and had some of that look, but it was decidedly different from a shop built bike. I mean, it was easily to easy to discern that. And, and, you know, you and I both being fans of, of Jesse's work, we have seen many, many, many shop built bikes and many, many bikes that people bought and just man is, 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 is mean as it is to say they just didn't hit the mark, right? They tried to copy, they tried too hard to copy a shop built bike and, and didn't have the, the ability to do so either through, the skill set that they possessed at the time or the, the eye they had for things. Um, both of these bikes have an incredible amount of their own personality to them while still paying homage to the foundation of those bikes. Exactly. Exactly. And Jesse always liked that white heat bike because I took his frame 
And instead of um, cloning uh, a West Coast Chopper CFL, I I rolled my own. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he, he appreciated that I took something that was raw material from his shop and and put my like spin on it. You've always built bikes, too, that you don't, you're what do you, you're about five, nine, aren't you? No, no, no. I'm six foot. Are Come you on. six foot? I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember because your bikes are, are, they're, 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 it looks like, uh, they rolled out of a David Mann painting. Okay. So okay. They're, 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 they're that they're bigger looking. They're, they're very like, uh, audacious when, you know, when you're on them, they look they look sizable. They're not these little drag bike things with real narrow bars. And you know, you've got ape hangers on and on the, on white heat in particular, and they look comfortable and they fit you perfectly and you fit them perfectly. And that's probably why I thought you were maybe five, nine is because you don't, you don't dwarf the bike and the bike doesn't dwarf you. But when you're off those bikes, they're very, they're, 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 they're muscly looking, you know, they're big, they're, they're complete. They're there. It's like a, when you see a chick that's been to the gym, and then she's fit. Like your bikes look very fit. There's nothing fat on them. No, no. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I actually, I'm six foot one in heels. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I, I it, it's a lot to it, the profile of the bike, and then you know, I kind of like, like fit it to myself. But I mean, somebody else can also get on the bike. And, and they can ride it as well. Um, so I've got two projects of mine that are going like right now. And one has been finished like it was finished when I moved up here. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to take it apart because I didn't want to pack all those parts in that. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I, left it. It, I left it finished, but it needs to come apart. And it needs to, um, it needs to be, you know, painted and plated and whatnot. But when I was putting that bike together, Steve said, man, he goes, it looks like you could take this bike and just like ride right through a brick wall with it, you know, and that's always kind of been my style um, to build that type of bike. Yeah, but if and, you, w- w- uh, when you're looking at the Chrome Nun, I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to like comment on that, that when you're looking at the Chrome Nun, which I've, I've got a picture pulled up in front of me right now, it looks like a big, it looks like a big bike. Like I said, it it looks like a very fit bike. I mean, and you do things on it that people don't normally do on a chopper. You've got a really nice two into one pipe that you made. You've got a magneto and an electric start, and it's a shovel head, but it's a CFL ish. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. It's it's such an interesting take on it that it's it's just you. I mean, it absolutely is. Well, the Magneto, you know, everybody sees the Magneto, mm-hmm. you know, and and then they see the electric start and they're going, well, well wait a second, you know, well, where's the where's the battery for the electric start, you know, and it's underneath the transmission uh, with all the electrics that are in a sealed box that are in a pan that you can remove four uh, GM weather plugs and pop the whole pan down and drop off the battery and the electrics and everything and then plug it back in and service it like that. Right. Uh, you know, I've, I've always, I've always been kind of, if you look at my bikes and I mean, I don't want to blow my own horn in that, but I mean, if you look at my bikes, there's an awful lot of 
detail in in the bikes itself, and there's a lot of functionality. I I remember one time, and I don't know how this discussion came up on one of the message boards, but Fab Kevin had left me a com left a comment on the, the thread, and he said, you know, Rich's bikes, he said they're the ones he said that you can take and roll off his lift, put gas in them, and take a thousand mile trip and not worry about it. And that's how I've always approached it. I mean, it's you know, I see a lot of bikes and they've got a lot of trick this and trick that or whatever. But I mean, if you can't ride that bike, you know, a thousand miles, um, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth the effort. Well, you just, you so, know, you just have done, the, you've done them proper to the point where, you know, when and he's, he's absolutely right. Um, but it's, it, it's your bikes just have, they have that look to them. They have that look to them that we're, like I said, they're 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 fit, and and I you know I certainly I certainly can appreciate appreciate that. I appreciate a lot of stuff that a lot of people do, even things that I'm maybe not a not a huge fan of some of the outcomes. But God dang man, some of these bikes that you've done are just they're just well thought out. And you're right, the detail thing does come out. You know, we call that term around here at this shop we call them growers. And what we mean by that is you look up you look at the bike and it looks great. And then you walk away from it and you come back and you see something that you didn't see the first time. And that, that we call that a grower because it grows on you. It, it, it you know, it, it, every time you walk up, you see something neat, you know, and it's, it's awesome. Well, I've always prided myself in, in that aspect. Do you know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. somebody can come up to the bike and they can look and they go, Oh, this is a nice looking bike. And then they go, Oh, wait a second. Look at this. Oh, hey, did you see this? Do you know what I mean? And they'll be talking to their buddies and they'll be, you know, with their head stuck underneath the frame going, how the hell did he do this? Do you know what I mean? But it, it's, it's, it's detail, but it's functionality at the same time. Right. You know, I don't do trick stuff for the sake of doing trick stuff. No, I, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's what I mean is uh, it, it's, it's done. It's done where, right where it's supposed to be. It's uh, you know, and you do, the funny thing is, is, you know, most of the work that you do, you do for other people, you know, and, and now right. with, with the magazine thing being such a, a narrow, and this is something that I wanted to talk to you about was with, you know, what is your take on the new easy rider? Because there's really only cycle source, which is great. Chris and Heather do a right. great job of trying to get as many as many features in there as they can. What is your take on the on the new on the new Easy Rider and the fact that there's just I feel like we're missing a few things, you know, that we need more magazines and I don't know. What's your take on the new Easy Rider? Well, um, I to be honest with you, you know, um, you're we're talking classic Easy Rider now. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what I'm talking okay. about. Okay, yeah. not the not the Easy Rider that was the GQ. With no, the, yeah, I don't. You know. I that doesn't. That <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have quantified that. No, I'm talking about the one that that uh, that um, Mr. Pelosi's you know campaigning, and we've got you know we've got Dave Nichols back involved, and you know all right. the, all those things. You know, it's funny when you say Dave Nichols because a guy that I graduated high school with. Mm -hmm. This lives next door to him. Really? If you can, if you can believe that, yeah. He, uh, we found each other on Facebook, and uh, you know, he said, "Hey, I live right next door to Dave Nichols." That's funny. <laughs> and 
I would like to see the print magazines come back. I mean, everybody says all print's dead and this and that, you know, and a lot of it has to do with social media, you know, because Mm -hmm. uh, the weekend of Born Free, uh, people are posting pictures like crazy on hundreds of accounts. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, there really isn't much to see in a magazine like three months later, because usually that's your lead time on magazines. I mean, I've worked for enough of them, you know, and written for enough of them. Um, You usually have one that's ready to go to print. You're putting together another one for the next issue. And then you're also working on the issue that comes after that. So, I mean, by that, that process is about three months. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, it's, it's like, okay, the arguments there. I mean, I started a magazine with Chris, uh, it'll be two years ago now coming up and, you know, we worked our asses off, worked our asses off and just, and delivered, you know, delivered three issues. And we had a, a, the TV, you know, the live stream that was on every week and that, and my God, you just can't make people happy anymore. It really feels like that. Well, I, the classic easy writers, and I'm going to be honest here. Please. Okay. Um, and probably some people are going to hate me, but like they say, if people don't hate you, you're not doing something right. Okay. Because, uh, you know, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not, and this isn't malicious. Okay. Because I, I want to see print magazines succeed. Mm-hmm. I want to see them come back again. But uh, the classic easy riders to me, uh, the content is not worth the, and this is my opinion, okay? It's not worth the cover price, okay? It's like 10 bucks, okay? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to pay for a magazine. It is. You know, and, uh, you know, Mike Lichter must be working like double time on that because, you know, a lot of the content is his, you know, and he's, you know, uh, doing the features, you know, the motorcycle photography and that. And, uh, you know, Mike's, Mike's put a lot of time into it, but I just think, I don't know. I, you know, I bought like the first six issues and then I haven't, I haven't bought one since. I'm not happy. I'll be honest. I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. I, I, I wish them well. I, I hope they they do great. Um, you know, it's not it's not easy. It's not easy rider. It's not even what Easy Rider was when Easy Rider stopped. When when Joe Teresi owned it and it had naked chicks in it and it had cuss words and it had you know how to roll your own and you know I, I don't know. I just I, I think it. I think if they're not going to do it right, that it that it shouldn't be called Easy Rider. I think it's a a misappropriation of the name and I'm probably going to get tarred and feathered for it, but that's just how I feel about it. Well, like I said, you know, people are going to hate me because I said that. And I mean, that's okay. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I think that the cover price is a little high, you know, now what, um, I, I don't know what the, the cover price of, to tell you the truth. I don't even know what the cover price is on cycle source, you know, I think it's seven bucks, but, something like that. Uh, I don't know. I'll, We'll pull one out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, bear with me here. Uh, what do we got here? Seven ninety nine. Yeah, okay. that's what I was going to say. I thought it was. $7. I think it's worth it. I, I think it's worth it. You know, um, one of the problems that I've 
that I see with a, a lot of the publications is uh, that they have a um, like a, a, a cl- I hate to say this, but like a click. Do you know what I mean? You see the same content from the same people in every issue. Uh, it doesn't seem like the magazines, and this has always been, have like reached out. Do you know what I mean? To to be inclusive, like they like they uh, exist in, in in a form of an echo chamber. Are you saying? Well, it, it you know, uh, it, it, there's not a lot of I hate to say this, but there's not a lot of variation. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, it would be nice, uh, for example, uh, you know, uh, maybe your tech writers, you're you're in Southern California or whatever, Orange County, and you know, there's like eight bazillion shops, and so you can put a whole bunch of people in there. You know what I mean? But they never reach out to like the Midwest or the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, features, I mean, like I, tech, tech articles are a lot. That's part of what I was saying. I'm not trying to cut you off, but that was part of what I was saying about yeah. you know the West Coast elitism, quote unquote, is that you know Street Chopper used to be based out in California, so it was Hot Bike, so it was a lot of people that are out there, and then Cycle Source has always been East Coast, East Coast, you know, um, based, and and even when you go back and grab an old Horse magazine, there was a uh, there was a very different set of words and a very different conveyance of what was going on in the stuff that Nelson wrote and that that uh, that Dave Freston wrote versus what somebody on the East Coast would you know with um, Co- uh, Cochise or somebody somebody of that somebody of that nature you know what I mean somebody somebody that was involved in that side well it you know if you go back like way early into the Iron Horse days, I mean, it was very East Coast and very like, uh, you know, uh, New York City and, and a little bit above. Uh-huh. Uh, but if it hadn't have been for David Snow and Iron Horse, uh, nobody would know who Indian Larry was. Yeah. Or, or Stag Von Heist. Stag Von Heist. Fritz. Yeah. There you go. That's a real guy. Or, uh, or, um, what am I trying to think of? Yeah, Big Chris Condon. You had Big Chris Condon. You had Richie Pan. You had, I mean, you, there was these guys that were very enigmatic that were, you know, the caricatures of, of, of themselves and stuff on that side, too. It's just awesome. I mean, you know, um, it's just, it was, it was like you said, it was very, it, it, it was, there was a dividing line. There was definitely something different between the East Coast and the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? Well, there always has been. You know, I mean, I remember, and we're going back to like you know the uh the late 60s and early 70s when like in the late 60s when i finally got out to the west coast um the striking difference between the motorcycles on the east coast and the motorcycles on the west coast it was real apparent you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and the bikes uh in the midwest uh the the el foresteros and the gooses and that uh, and the St. Louis bikes were completely different, but there wasn't an awful lot of coverage. You know what I mean? No. But I, I, it, it struck me that, uh, you know, uh, the differences in, yeah. in the bikes itself. Like I say, uh, you know, if it hadn't have been for the old iron horse and, uh, snow, um, I doubt if anybody would know who Larry was because uh, he wouldn't have had the exposure. Do you know what I mean? I, I was fortunate because the one newsstand I used to go to uh, in those early days, 
carried Iron Horse, and they also carried Outlaw Biker, which were, you know, both New York City publications. Right. And, you know, so I had a taste of it. I knew who Larry was before, you know. Before Motorcycle Mania. knew who Larry was. Yeah, everybody found out who he was through Motorcycle Mania. You know, that was the yeah. first real introduction across the board where we got to see uh, who, who, you know, who, who that personality was. And, you know, you had mentioned something about um, the bikes being very different from the East Coast to the West Coast. You know, there is there is a style of bike, and I don't know if you're even aware of this, that there's a Detroit club style that um, is just as identifiable, although arguably far less popular, um, than than say a west coast club style but there's a detroit club style bike that that is done and the person who does it the most effortlessly and the most often uh is steve broils i mean he yeah. he's okay. he is the he's the one that as i would say that you know i mean he maybe didn't start it but he perfected it and then you have guys like fabricator kevin that you know, have their variation on it. But Steve, Steve Broyles is, is definitely to me, um, you know, Chet Hall was very involved in that style too. Right. Yeah. Cause I remember hammer asking me, he says, are you familiar with Chet Hall? And I said, uh, and I think it was one of uh, Lichter's industry parties up here. Right. Uh, he said, are you familiar with Chet Hall? And I said, yes, I am. And he says, wow, I'm like really surprised. And I said, well, you know, I, I study all these guys. You sure. know what I mean? I, I, I pull from everybody. Everybody always says, well, who's your big influences? You know, and I say, man, like everybody, you know. Yeah, but I mean, and, who's who's your, where, where do you get your, your the moment where you're like, you know, because everybody knows mine. I saw Billy Lane on TV and I was like, this guy's doing this for a living. I can do this for a living. And, I, you know, within 10 months I had quit my job and, you know, it was a nice white collar job and just made myself into who I, you know, who I really, really wanted to be. Who was your guy? Yeah. Um, gee, I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. Um, I, you know, gosh, I, I, I really couldn't put my finger on it. You know what I mean? Cause right. it was, I would have to say, yeah, I was really influenced by guys who are still around you know, like, uh, Joe Hurst okay. and, uh, you know, his bike white bear was like a big influence. Dick Allen, I think was probably the biggest influence on me. Uh, and he wasn't very well known at the time, but he was like a big influence on me because he was doing stuff that I had never seen before, you know, and that goes back to the little, Chopper's magazines from Ed Roth, the Reader's Digest size ones. Right. And uh, um, I'd, I'd have to say that those guys and the South Bay guys were, were a big influence on me. And then I can't put my finger on one individual builder, but the Frisco style of bikes had always been a big influence on me. And I still think that that stuff shows up. You know, you were talking about White Heat before. And it's kind of a mixture of uh, Frisco and South Bay. No, it uh, definitely has. You know, it definitely has. Like I said, you you've got this really like I they're fit they're fit bikes, and you know, I one of the things that I I miss and 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 I'm 
you know, I'm sure you do too, is I miss how we all became acquainted and, and how, you know, I, I really, what do you make of, of West coast choppers? Like, do you, are you one of these guys? It's like, well, you know, it's different or it, you still like it or, you know I mean? Do you, do you, do you keep in touch with, with JJ? Ah, uh, I haven't talked to him for a couple years, but, uh, I do, uh, follow him on Instagram. You know, I follow mm-hmm. uh, Pay Up Sucker and I follow West Coast Choppers. And uh, some of the stuff he does, I just, I just really love. And then other stuff, I figure, well, you know, it's his expression. But I mean, I'm still a fan, and I still, you know, appreciate the work in that. I appreciate and, his uh, craftsmanship uh, very much, and I love the bike that he did. The uh, the copper tins with the uh, those machined rear struts I, I don't know there's something about that bike that is is just still west coast it's like a bike that you built it's a it's a it's a shamrock fabrication the chrome nun and 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 white heat came out of the same shop but they're they, so they have the same dna but they're you know they're definitely siblings but they're you can see the progression of your work and the vision that you have that you're looking forward and that's awesome you know but i still i still do follow jesse's work you know and i'm not I mean, his firearms are, you know, a big, a big part of him now. And, uh, you know, he's a little bit more, uh, he's always got car projects going on. Right. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I still appreciate what he does. I do too. And, um, I'm still, I'm still influenced by things. I mean, I might pick out something that I see, you know what I mean? And I go, oh yeah, yeah, that was the way you should do it. And, and, uh, and I, that's I good, right? That. I feel like he pushes himself, and because you know when I need a I, this sounds corny and dumb and whatever, and, and but when I'm you know I I do a lot of things here, and I'm I you know we've got a giant shop and we've got employees, and I don't always get to do what I want to do all the time, and and sometimes I get down not down in the dumps, but I I need a little battery charge, and I have a TV on in my work area, I have a private work area here at the shop that. I'll put on motorcycle mania and man, it just takes me back. And when you're seeing him in long beach with a hammer and a beater bag and before he had the Eckold and before he, you know what I mean? It's just awesome. It's awesome to see that he, it makes me want to work hard seeing somebody else that I really look up to and really respect their work. It makes me want to work hard. Well, that's, that's why, um, you know, I was uh, in, in Denver. I was like a thousand miles from from like L.A. Okay. And so, it, but I've added an additional four hundred miles to that trip. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I, I would love to go out to. I used to like really, really like the no love parties. You know, especially the early days because everybody would show up, and you'd have people from all over the you know the, the world LA basin and you could see their work in person and then the moon eyes christmas party was always like the day before and you could go there and i would like have to go out there to these events so that i could get jazzed up again and supercharged you know what i mean yeah. by looking at the work and and seeing the 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 bikes and the variations and stuff and what people were doing and just like you I would get all jazzed up and I'd come back and I'd like work, work, work. 
and that's awesome. And, and, you know, and there's just, there needs to be those kinds of opportunities. I, I miss things not being on TV. I miss there not being no love parties. You know, there's a group of us that, that chopper dogs that are really lobbying to try to do a Sturgis event, a no love type thing with all the chopper dogs. And uh-huh. um, because I'm still like, I don't know if you remember Charlie, if you remember M- Mike TikTok from, uh, from England. I do. Yeah. So I don't know if you know or not, but like he and I are best friends. Our wives are best friends. My oldest daughter, Shelby, and his middle daughter, Millie, are best friends. They just both had kids together this year. And they were here for three weeks when my youngest daughter got married. I mean, we we see them all the time. Karen and I were over in Europe for two weeks with them. And then like six weeks later, they came here. I mean, we're super, super close. I'm super close. You remember, I'm sure you remember Cody Childress. He's one of my yes. absolute best friends in the whole world. Um, I was just I was just talking to Dundee today. He called me. We're FaceTiming and, and talking. I'm trying to help him get. He's getting his Dominator back on the road, and he's the one that's really pushing. And Bobby Nathy, I have three of his West Coast choppers. His the the three bikes he had Jesse build. They're here in my showroom. I've been here for five years. I just I keep him here in the showroom for him because he's he's you know his situation's changed. Um, Buster works at Saddleman, which is now at 718 West Anaheim. I was there, uh, it'll be two years ago. Um, that's their new R&D facility for Saddleman Seats. And you should see what they did to that building. That building is dynamite inside. So Buster works back at that same building, but it's, you know, but it's uh, it, it's Saddleman now. I talk with, uh, uh, well, you know where your white heat bike is, right? Oh, yes, I do. So he, you know, Daniel still goes to, to Sturgis every year. Brad goes to Sturgis every year. I mean, there's James goes to Sturgis every year. There's a lot of us chopper dogs that we are, we are trying to put something together because God dang, dude, we, we had a really good community. We had a lot of good times and I've made lifelong friends out of it, man. Not just with guys Life. like you. I mean, like Mike and I are, are thick as thick thieves i mean we spend as much time as we can together you know i go there once a year he comes here once or twice a year from england it's funny that you mentioned that because this year during the rally um frank from uh yep. speed, metal, speed deal speed dealer or speed dealer i'm yep. sorry not speed metals i got speed deal <laughs> from speed dealer yep called me up and i had never met frank before and he said hey look there's a couple of us uh chopper dogs and, uh, you know, we'd like to come up and see you. And during the rally, and I said, well, sure, great, you know. And so he came, Abusa Brad came, and um, Daniel came, and Abusa um, Brad, and Prick, and all these people showed up. You know what I mean? And I'm going, wow, this is great. You yeah. know, because some of those guys I hadn't seen for such a long time, you know. And when um, when Daniel bought white heat yep he said you know he said i always thought and i hate to say things like this because it sounds like i'm tooting my own horn but he said i had always thought that that was one of the nicest non-shop built cfls and i had to have it in my collection oh it is i mean his his collection is nothing to sneeze at oh i mean i know it intimately i know it intimately you know his his west coast so i mean to have a place in there with all those other bikes was like, you know, really meant an awful lot to me. And he called me when he bought it, you know, and he, he, um, 
took it to Brad because it needed to be freshened up, mm-hmm. you know. And and then I spoke with Brad because he wanted to know, you know, how the paint was done because he was having a hard time matching the paint on the tank. I guess there was a, a leak or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it had stained the uh, stained the paint, so he wanted to redo that area of the tank. It was a small area. Sure. You know, maybe about the size of a, you know, 50 cent piece or something, you know, but, you know, so I, I, I told him, you know, I gave him the paint coats and stuff and, you know, what, what the painter could use because it was a, you know, three stage white pearl paint job. And it, it, so we worked through that. When Brad was through with it, the thing I'm going, man, I wish I'd never sold that bike. Dude. <laughs> when he was done with it, you know, that you, well, I, I mean, that. that's the story of my life. I mean, I have, I, I don't know if you know about my, the AOD, CFL, what were that and what's ended up with that, but that's coming. So the guy ended up with it. It changed hands a few times, went to a dealer, some dude in Ohio and ended up in like uh, somewhere in uh, South Carolina. It ended up, it was in Virginia for a minute. And then it was in South Carolina and uh guy reached out to me or yeah, South Carolina guy reached out to me. He's like, Hey, I think I have your bike here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, I changed the seat. I'm like, well, what did you do with the old seat? And he's like, I still have it. So I made him an offer. I bought it. And then like a year went by and he got a hold of me. He's like, Hey, I, I really like to have this bike redone. I'd like for it to be my bike. I'd like to have it redone for me. I was like, okay. And he's like, I'm thinking about having Brad do it. And you know, he had some questions and I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, what are you going to do with, with the tins? He goes, well, I want to have it repainted. I said, I tell you what, you go buy all new sheet metal, bring me the bike. I will fit all the sheet metal and I will pay for an equivalent paint job to what's on it now so that it's fair and inequitable. You know what I mean? And, uh, he brought me the bike. He brought me the bike. He brought me bars. He brought me controls, everything. I ended up buying every single part off of that bike, except for the frame engine, trans wheels, front end and control, uh, foot controls. Every other part on that bike I got back. So I have the tins, I have the, and then I, I didn't get at the, at, right on the front, I didn't get the sprocket and I didn't get the license plate frame. He went home a couple months later. Um, he posted up pictures of it and you, you remember, um, Jared, uh, from, uh, Atlanta. He, he was part of that white heat deal. Um, he, one of his buddies ended up owning it. He went online. He's like, somebody took apart the AOD, you know, kind of get, giving the guy a hard time. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. You know, Jason did it, blah, blah, blah. He's like, cool. And then I said, uh, I said, yeah, I got every part of it except for the sprocket and the, uh, in the license plate frame. And he DM'd me and I, and I bought both of those for, so I have everything. Well, where did, where did I see those parts online? I just posted today on Facebook. That I'm building. That must have been where I saw. Them. Yeah, I'm okay. building a bike okay. for the Chopper Friends Throwdown in Arizona for Arizona Bike Week. I'm building a go. bike for that. And what's cool about the bike that I'm building is every part on that bike is either something that somebody built and gave to me, or gifted to me, or I ordered it from them custom built. So like my wheels, I called Pat a couple years ago at Lead Sled. I'm like, listen, dude, I'm building this bike. I want all my friends stuff on it. I want you to build me a set of wheels. Don't tell me. I don't. I just, I want something that no one else has. Don't tell me anything about them. I want 18 and a 21, no front brake, chrome plated. And he sent uh-huh. me these fucking amazing invaders that are all ball milled and, and chrome plated. 
I have a frame that Paul at Bare Knuckle Choppers, I designed a frame on a piece of paper and sent the piece of paper to Paul back in 07. He built me a frame. So I have this frame. So I have all this cool shit, right? Bill Dodge gave me a set of trees. Uh, Fab Kevin gave me a seat pan. I got uh, a rigid air from Paul Cox. So all of these parts are going on my what I was already doing was my, my friend's bike. And then I got in, invited to be part of this chopper friends, uh, throwdown. I'm so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to put the bike together and I'm going to take it to Arizona bike week and, and ride with all my, all my buddies, you know, I think that'd be great, you know, and, and you, the Chrome nun was built pretty much the same way. I mean, I had like 45 years worth of parts collecting that I picked and, and chose through to put on that bike. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, in 2015 up here, when I won like, fuck, I won like five shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I had these guys from France follow me around that wanted to buy the bike, you know, and they're going, we'll write you a check. We'll write you a check. I'm going, it's not for sale. Yeah. And they're going, I said, for one thing, I'm not going to take a check from a couple of guys from France. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. They said, no, we'll go and get you the cash at Rapid City. We'll get it from the bank in Rapid City. And I said, it's not for sale. And everybody's going, sell, sell, because I'm not going to tell you how much, <laughs> excuse me, they offered me for it. But uh, it just had too much sentimental value. And like I say, there were 45 years worth of parts collecting on that bike that I picked and choose from. And I'm never going to sell that bike. I mean, the minute I parted know. with my CFL, I was like, what in the fuck did I just do? And I, I regretted it every minute since then. And now it, I'll never have the CFL back, but I'll, I'm going to recreate something with it, you know, with the, the, the tins and stuff that are, that are painted. And I've, I've made them fit onto this frame so that I didn't have to, fuck it up and but it it's really i mean it means i'll this uh, this bike will go to my grandchild like that's how serious i am about this bike I, i'm i'm purposely building a bike that nobody would want to buy i think anyways <laughs> well you know i i have no idea uh where uh the chrome nun is going to wind up i mean you know nobody lives forever do you oh, know I what know. i mean so and um i have no idea you know none of my I told you, like I said, he has three sons, and they're all, you know, I had my first boy in 1976, so I mean, you know, they're two and a half years, two to two and a half years apart. Um, they have no interest in motorcycles whatsoever. I know that sounds strange, but, you know, that's that's the way they are. Right. Um, so they wouldn't appreciate it, you know what I mean? Uh, but I'd like I, it to go to somebody who I knows think, about it. I, I have an idea of where I, that bike, I think, honestly, I'm not just, I'm not just saying this. I'm not jerking your chain. I think it should be placed at the Sturgis motorcycle museum or at the hall of fame or something like that. That's where that's a bike. Like that is an enigmatic bike that really puts a bookend on a career like yours. And I'm not, I'm not by no means, you probably have, you know, hopefully you have 20 more bikes in your, in you, but I'm talking about a bike that you build for yourself. And the culmination, like you said, of 45 years of parts that belongs in like Dale Wexler's museum or Jill Parnum's museum, or you, you understand what I'm saying? The Harley museum, yeah. like that needs to make those rounds because I'm hoping that Michael Lichter and he did it a couple years ago. Um, it was, you know, it was kind of a, 
it was kind of a throwback. Aaron Green had his cherry bomb there. Uh, Billy had blue there. You know, it was kind of like the, the the bikes that were famous in the early 2000s. But I would yeah. really like him to do something where these unsung heroes of our industry that have carried the torch through thick and thin, through hell and high water for multiple decades to where it wasn't popular mainstream to have a bike or to ride a chopper. Guys like you, guys like Keith Ball, guys like Sugar Bear, um, people like, you know, uh, Steg. You know, the guys that didn't get the front, that didn't get the biker build off, didn't get the front page of, of the Easy Rider every time they built a bike. And I don't besmirch anybody for, for having had that, but the guys like you that put in the fucking work and that put in, that stayed in the trenches, regardless of whether you were getting any love out of it or not, you did it for the love of the game. And so I, I would like to see Lichter do something like that with unsung heroes. Guys like, I'll tell you who has, and, and I mentioned him earlier, I I'm going to make it a, a, a something that I do, and I've said this for years. Steve Broyles does not get the amount of uh, affirmation that he deserves because that guy is he he's the he's the last one to go to bed, the first one to get up in the morning. He doesn't put up with any bullshit. He calls you on all of yours. And, you know, when my dad died, he called me right away that morning. Boom. You know, as soon uh -huh. as my dad died, he was the first one to call me and, you know, talked me down. And, you know, he's chewed my ass plenty of times. And so that's why I call him dad. You know, when I talk to him, I, I have nothing but love and respect for that man. And, and, you know, those are the kinds of guys I want to see get get some get the, the affirmation that they deserve. Well, I always. I always hit Steve's show up here at the uh, full throttle during the rally, regardless if I have a bike there or not. I always go to his show and Steve always says, Rich, I'm just happy to have you here. You know, he said, I don't care if you bring something or not. I'm just happy to see you, yep. you know, and, and it's, it, it's genuine, you know, I mean, people in this business will glad hand you, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And there's, after Steve won that, uh, the people's champ, uh, he brought the bike up here to Sturgis and he won like three shows with it. You right. know what I mean? But he was riding it all over the place. He was at Devil's Tower. He was up at Deadwood. He was, you know, on the uh, Iron Mountain Road. I mean, he was all over the place. And, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, there was a, a builder there who was telling Steve, you know, oh, you're going to carry the torch and uh, it's guys like you and this and that, you know. And Steve said, I just didn't feel that this guy was sincere, you know, that he was kind of like blowing me, you know, yeah. and uh, it didn't mean as much to him as other guys. Do you know what I mean? That came up and said, man, I have wanted this. I've seen this on the social media and I just wanted to see the bike. And I mean, that's that's the biggest tribute I think you can get. Absolutely it is. I mean, dude, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, the podcast has introduced me to a lot of people and people come up and talk to me at shows. And it feels good to know that when 
I'm doing something like what you and I are doing right now. And then, you know, when this is done, I'll sit down and I'll edit it and I'll add the, you know, the commercials and the reads and the other things that I do. But when someone comes up and says, Hey man, I really, you're the guy from the podcast. I really appreciate what you do. And, you know, I, I really like listening to your stuff, man, that feels so good. So when you do work, it, it feels good that somebody acknowledges it. And, and I just, I would love to see Michael Lichter do something like that with his exhibit where he picks out the guys that, you know, that don't get the, that don't get all the, the, the credit that they deserve, you know? Well, you know, I took, uh, I won the, uh, up here, I won the, uh, a hot bike street chopper, a thousand dollar take all show. And there were like 50 bikes in the show. You know, and I got an invitation to go on the hot bike tour for the next year. And I took the Chrome Nun on that tour. And, uh, you know, you do stop to stop to stop. And uh, then they had, you know, voting and whatnot. And I didn't figure I would win anything. But, I mean, that's okay with me because I'd never ridden the Smoky Mountains before. So I wanted to do that. Uh, but I had people at every stop that came up and said, man, I made a point to come up and see this bike. Yeah. I really wanted to see this bike. And I mean, I was all like puffed out and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I had sure. a good head, couldn't get my helmet on. You know <laughs> what I mean? But I mean, uh, you don't realize how many, how many people see this stuff or how many people, you know, I had one time when we were, go back to white heat, I had one guy who said, man, I was over in Afghanistan for two tours of duty. And he said, I had that copy of Street Chopper magazine that had the feature on White Heat on there. Yep. And he said, I read that magazine and looked at that bike over and over and over again. He said, I looked at it so much you could read both sides of the page at one time. That's how worn out that was. And he said, when I came back, I built my CFL. And uh, I thought, man, that is like, I mean, that's priceless. That is. I mean, that's. I, 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 you know, trophies and stuff are nice, but I mean, uh, to have somebody say it like that and you go, wow, I just, you never know who you influence, No, you, you know, don't. and it, and it, and it surprises me. It really does when things like that happen. But, uh, you know, I, I don't, um, I wish Lichter would do a show like that. That would, that would be nice. Yeah, that I can think nice. of a, I can think of a short list of guys that I would like to see on on in that dais, and you know that the motorcycles is art exhibit that he puts on every year is something that I absolutely love to go to and, and make sure that I see it all you know every year and and I have you know now that I have uh, I've got some other obligations that I that I do uh, at Sturgis now that I've you know I, I'm associated with the yellow shirt stuff that I you know I enjoy that and I enjoy that group of people and um, they're they're good dudes and. You know, there's lots of there's lots of other things that go on now, but I always make sure that I get over to that to Michael Lichter's exhibit because, man, there's gold in that room sometimes. You know, well, there is, you know, and um, you know, Mike does a good job of curating that and and getting the bikes in there. You know, and he has his themes every year, and uh, you know, I've never had a bike in his show. Neither I, have I. I. Never have. Neither have I. And, and you know, one day I hope to be asked to do something with him. You know, I actually, he got, he took a picture of me last year when I was, uh, when I was judging a show in, in, uh, at the Lone Star rally. And it's just, it's one of the coolest things to have Michael Lichter approach you and like, Hey, here's what I need you to do. And, you know, while you're judging this, you know, I need you to get back down there. And I was like, wow, this is, it's surreal. 
because you know he's he's royalty and he puts in so much work and he's done it for so long and he's you know god he's just he has an amazing treasure trove. could you imagine the pictures that we haven't seen that he's taken in the last 50 years well i know i have seen those pictures you know because mike only lived like 20 minutes from me when i was there in uh, broomfield you know in boulder uh, he was a 20 minute trip away and uh i remember when he shot the first bike for me uh was the fx i called the fx tt bike and you know he's got it all set up and he's got his backdrops and he's got a hundred cameras set up and he's shooting here and he's shooting there and and i'm going mike i'm going i'm like stoked on this and i had known mike for quite a while you know i'm going man i'm like really stoked on this he's going what and I'm going, Jesus, you've shot everybody. Yeah. I said, you shot Dave Perowitz. You shot Billy Lane. You shot Jesse James. You've shot, you know, and I was going on and on. And I go, now you are shooting my bike. And uh, he says, well, you know, and it, was, it was like it wasn't, not that. No, it wasn't. I don't that know it, how to put it. Yeah, well, it was, it was, it's nice that it's lost on him. It's nice that that he cares enough about his work that the muse that's in front of him he treats. It's nice to know that he treats you with the same level of respect as he treats those other guys when he's doing it. And that's I think yeah. what makes him super special and super great at what he does. And aside from his his artistic approach and the risks that he takes in order to for his photography to to really convey um, the importance of 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 the work that you did in your shop and Billy did in his shop and Jesse did in his, he works to convey that in, in a way. And it goes back to what I was saying. It's, I think it's, you know, it's, it's hard to put lightning back in the bottle and, um, and there's just something special about West coast choppers in 2000 to 2006 There's something special about easy riders from 71 to 2014 or 15, whenever, whenever it, went dark and um there's something special about those things man well they'd um i you know i was gonna say uh, mike wasn't running through it mechanically do you know what i mean like uh you know da 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 next da 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 next you know what i mean he was you know i just said i'm just like but he was matter of fact about it you know what i mean he was like pretty humble about what he was doing, you know, and I'm going, Mike, I'm going, this is like a big deal to me. I go, you don't understand. I mean, this is like, you know, I like reached another plateau, Yeah. you know what I mean? And it was, um, you know, I don't know how to put it because it wasn't like business as usual for Mike. I mean, he was genuinely into shooting the bike Yeah. and he has a way of positioning his himself and his cameras to bring out the absolute best details of the photography. You know what I mean? And to watch his process, how he like, he'll be shooting from like 30 feet away. But then when you get the picture, when he finally crops it and sizes it and whatever, you look at it and you go, this is amazing. It is. That you could see all this stuff, you know, and he's got an eye for the details and he'll, the way, if you look at his photographs, it, they're just, he's the best. I mean, yeah. that's all I got to say. He's, he's, a, he's, the best. he's a fan of your work, which allows you to be a fan of his. So, 
Well, listen, buddy, you know, we're I, we're uh, we're at a we're at another hour and four minutes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we could do. I could do this all night. You you are easy to talk to, and God, you're so full of information. Um, do you still maintain the Shamrock Fabrication website? Do you do you keep up on that? Is that the best place to 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 see what you're doing? Well, to tell you the truth. I used to do the Shamrock Fabrication website in front page and the extensions for front page have long since disappeared. So I actually can't get into my website to change anything. Oh my gosh. Okay. The stuff on there is like extremely dated. Probably the best place to see what I'm doing right now is Instagram at Irish rich custom cycles. That's awesome. You know, and I don't post every day, and sometimes I put non-motorcycle content up there, uh, here and there. But, I mean, for the most part, you can see what I'm doing. Awesome. And and uh, that's that's the best place to, uh, to keep track of what's going on. Very good. And let's take a look here. I'm just going to pull up a couple things here. And, uh, you know, you, you do still take on public public work, right? I mean, you'll build a, you'll build a custom chopper for somebody, won't you? No, absolutely. Absolutely, I will. You know, I'm not, I mean, I have slowed down some, but I mean, that's by choice. And, uh, you know, I'm not at the point anymore where I'd say, geez, I don't want to hard tail this guy's bike, but the mortgage is due and I'm $300 short and I'm, I'm not there anymore, you know? So, uh, depending on what the job is, I, uh, I may or may not take it on, uh, like I say, I have four projects going through the shop right now, and uh, there is room for more. And, uh, you know, I have some irons in the fire, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely would build a bike for somebody. No no worries. Perfect. Well, dude, I listen, I, you know this already, but I love you very much. I appreciate your time so much on this and, uh, you know, these little these little technical glitches that, that come up and uh, – I really, really appreciate it, and, and um, I'm hoping you'll do this again with me sooner than later. Well, yeah, let's not wait ten years, okay? <laughs> but I mean, as far as your as far as your podcast and stuff goes, I mean, you know, you can see the difference between like the first ten and the last ten. I mean, the you know the quality of the uh, of the podcast and that is 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 stellar, and the list of people that you've done is. Uh, it's amazing, you well, know, that, that you've been able to get these guys, especially when you were on that high seas cruise, you yes. know, where you had a captive uh, group of guys, you know, and uh, it was really nice to see that done on the uh, on the ship itself. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, me, I'm not a big cruise ship guy. Well, okay? I'll tell you what, I it mean, was a wonderful trip. It was the it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I would I would tell anybody, listen, if you're on the fence and think it's seven days that forces you to relax, and you're around mo- only motorcycle people, and the level of conversation that I had with people and the contacts that I was able to make, and th- it was just one of the most wonderful experiences that I that I've ever had. It really, truly was. Well, you know, I, I remember, uh, I don't know if you ever went to Pat Leahy's shop in Long Beach. Did I you didn't. ever get a chance? No. no. He was over on the other side of the 710 uh, on Canal. 
And uh, when you were standing at Pat's shop, if you look straight down his street towards Anaheim, mm-hmm. right up above, I don't know how far below sea level Pat's shop was, but the Princess Cruise Line ships, you know, like the Love Boat and that, yeah. docked, like, right at the end of Canal. If you were to go straight across, they were like, God, I don't know how many feet below sea level he was, but they would be sitting up there, these big, huge cruise ships. And uh, I it used to flood down there all the time because it was so low. But, I mean, to be on Canal and look up and see these huge cruise ships up there, that was that was something to see. Yeah, it was it was a it was a life changing experience. I really had a good time. So, yeah, like I say, I'm I'm not much of a cruise guy. You know what I'm saying? I I don't know. I kind of like to touch land. We understand. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, I th- I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I thought the concept was interesting. You know, I I always see these cruises where they've got like you know the rock stars of the '60s. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? They get a different different concert every night but then you find out that only one of the guys in the group is from the original group or none of them are you know what i mean and i see those all the time i'm going nah, i don't think so uh it was it was it was very it was very fun it was very fun and and uh i can't wait to do it again we're gonna have a good time this coming year so well all right jason i mean this was this was fun i enjoyed it again thank you very much for the opportunity you know and uh Hopefully, with the glitches and stuff, you could piece together something that people will want to listen to. I'm so. sure they will. And I'll let you get back to, uh, you're going to be moving some snow here again real soon. So I'll let you get back to that and uh, keep in touch. And uh, it was it was awesome to talk to you and have a great Christmas, buddy. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Jason. And like I say, let's not make it 10 years. All right, so. buddy. All right. We'll see you later. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.